Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening everyone, I'm Rick Walker Welcome back to the Maverick News Channel Hello Maverick family What day is it today? It's Wednesday already? Wow week is flying by and it's been a cold one but we've got some hot stories to share with you tonight we're going back to davos switzerland playground of the rich famous and powerful where the world economic forum continues and today we saw or at least heard a kind of admission that the U.S., Western countries in general, are vulnerable. The economy, the military, national security, it's all fragile, and it's all because of computer chips. We'll tell you about it. And Javier Milai? the new president of Argentina, I would say that guy kind of crashed their party. This is a guy who is absolutely for the people. And he went in there and kind of gave the, uh, the globalists a bit of a tongue lashing. I'll share that with you too. Justin Trudeau, under scrutiny, the ethics, uh, an ethics committee is looking into that lavish Jamaican vacation that uh, the prime minister just recently took over Christmas. So we'll certainly take a look at that today, too. Donald Trump back in court. And the E. Jean Carroll sexual assault case. And the outspoken Trump was not making friends with the judge. Threatened again with being omitted, ejected, evicted from the courtroom. As he was speaking aloud during the proceedings. Again today calling the entire thing a witch hunt. But while all that was going on, the endorsements kept on coming, and Donald Trump seems to just be getting stronger tonight. Ted Cruz throwing his full weight of support behind Donald Trump. Don't go away. All that and more coming up right here on the Maverick News Channel.
Maverick News. The world is watching. Greetings brave Mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are Maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late, too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. I have to lead with this tonight because it is so powerful. This is the new president of Argentina. He went to Davos, to the World Economic Forum. And while most people in the freedom movement, the patriot movement, conservatives, truth seekers, would be quick to condemn a politician simply for attending Davos, uh, think again, because this guy, a guy, a politician who wasn't a politician, who became a politician, but campaigned with a chainsaw, literally <laughs> running around on the streets and in rallies with a chainsaw fired up saying he was going to cut government waste, speaks with passion, speaks from the heart and speaks talks about freedom in real terms. He, uh, he went to Davos and continued speaking while elected the same way that he was speaking while campaigning. Isn't that refreshing? No change in tone. So here's Javier Milai, and he is on fire in Davos, taking it straight to the globalists, with a fiery speech calling for less government and a whole lot more freedom. Here he is. Check him out. Models, uh, the undeniable, but given the dismal failure of collectivist models and the undeniable advances in the free world, socialists were forced to change their agenda. They left behind the class struggle based on the economic system and replaced this with other supposed social conflicts which are just as harmful to life as a community and to economic growth. The first of these new battles was the ridiculous and un unnatural fight between man and woman. Libertarianism already provides for equality uh, of these sexes. The uh, cornerstone of our creed says that all humans are created equal, that we all have the same unalienable rights granted by the creator, including uh, life, freedom, and ownership. 
All that this radical feminism agenda has led to is greater state intervention to hinder the economic process, giving a job to bureaucrats who have not contributed anything to society. Examples, um, ministries of, of women or international organizations devoted to promoting this agenda. Another conflict presented by socialists is that of humans against nature, claiming that we human beings damage the planet, which should be protected at all costs, even going as far as advocating for population control mechanisms or the bloody um, abortion agenda. Unfortunately, these harmful ideas have taken a strong hold in our society. Neo-Marxists have managed to co-opt the uh, common sense of the Western world, and this they have achieved by appropriating the uh, media, culture, universities, and also international organizations. The latter case is the most serious one, probably, because these are institutions that have enormous influence on political and economic decisions of the countries that make up the multilateral organizations. Fortunately, there's more and more of us who are daring to make our voices heard, because we see that if we don't truly and decisively fight against these ideas, the only possible fate is for us to have increasing levels of state regulation, socialism, poverty, and less freedom, and therefore uh, will be um, having worse standards of living. The West has unfortunately already started to go along this path. I know to many it may sound ridiculous to suggest that the West has turned to socialism, but it's only ridiculous if you only limit yourself to the traditional economic definition of socialism, which says that it's an economic system where the state owns the means of production. This definition, in my view, should be updated in the light of current circumstances. Today, states don't need to directly control the means of production to control every aspect of the lives of individuals. With tools such as printing money, debt, subsidies, controlling the interest rate, price controls, and regulations to correct the so-called market failures, they can control the lives and fates of millions of individuals. This is how we come to the point where, by using different names or guises, a good deal of the generally accepted political offers in most Western countries are collectivist variants, whether they proclaim to be openly uh, communists, fascists, Nazis, socialists, social democrats, uh, national socialists, democrat Christians, or Christian democrats, neo-Keynesians, uh, progressive, populist, nationalists, or globalists. At bottom, there are no major differences. They all say that the state should steer all aspects of the lives of individuals. They all defend a model contrary to that one which led humanity to the most spectacular progress in its history. We have come here today to invite the rest of the countries in the Western world to get back on the path of prosperity, economic freedom, uh, limited government, uh, government and um, unlimited respect for private property are essential elements uh, for economic growth. And the impoverishment produced by collectivism is no fantasy, nor is it an inescapable fate. But it's a reality that we Argentines know very well. We have lived through this, we have been through this, because as I said earlier, ever since we decided to abandon the model of freedom that had made us rich, we have been caught up in a downward spiral, as part of which we are poorer and poorer day by day. 
So this is something we have lived through, and we are here to warn you about what can happen if the countries in the Western world that became rich through the model of freedom stay on this path of servitude. The case of Argentina is an empirical demonstration that no matter how rich you may be or how much you may have in terms of natural resources or how skilled your population may be or, or educated or how many bars of gold you may have in the central bank, if measures are adopted that hinder the free function of markets, free competition, free price systems, if you hinder trade, if you attack private property, the only possible fate is poverty. Therefore, in concluding, I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated, intimidated either by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors, you're heroes, you're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much, and long live freedom. Damn it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Brendan sent me the clip today before I'd actually seen that. And he said, this guy talks like you. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, exactly what he said. That's what I've been saying for a long time. Exactly that. Exactly that. I don't use the chainsaw. He has a chainsaw. They call him Madman. That's his nickname in Argentina. <laughs> and I think they just got a taste of him in Davos. I hope they have uh, a big appetite because there's a whole lot more where that came from. I'll tell you this. They might call him Madman, but that is the most sanity I've heard in a long time. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Feel the vibrations. Our quest continues. The truth is out there.
Maverick News. The world is watching. But no sooner did we get a dose of sanity than the insanity began all over again. And then they brought up uh, Dr. Tedros from the World Health Organization, who says countries need to sign on to the World Pandemic Treaty in order to prepare for disease acts. We started putting a, a placeholder you know, the first that came was uh, in the disease X is, is COVID. So we have experience now <clears throat> and we are preparing based on that experience. A lot of assessment has been done by independent panels and, 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 and experts. And based on their recommendation, many uh, initiatives have, we have already started many initiatives. Started. And then the other key in order to have better prepared and to address the disease X is the pandemic agreement. Mm -hmm. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. And that agreement can help us to prepare for the future in, in a better way, because this is about a common enemy. And without a shared response, starting from the preparedness, it, you know, we will face the same problem as, as, as COVID. And deadline for the Pandemic agreement is May 2024, and member states are negotiating. This is between countries, um, and I hope they will deliver uh, this pandemic agreement by that time, by on the deadline. And I hope that we don't repeat the same mistakes that we made during the pandemic, because I don't think it went that well, folks, to be quite honest with you because they just tore into people's individual rights and freedoms. They hung us out to dry. That's what they did, man. I was not happy. As you know, <laughs> I think we generally around here share that view. There might be some people watching out there who are not in step with my views, but that's because we also entertain a variety of opinions around here because we also believe in free speech. I'll tell you, there was a, something else that I personally, I tuned in and I was watching a lot of this stuff today. And this thing here, this is the thing that really got my attention, not getting attention anyplace else really, but this is the thing that you got to really pay attention to. This is an exchange between a U.S. Senator, Robert Portman, and the CEO of Intel, Pat Genslinger. And something really critical came up here, and there was just transparency on, on this. This comes down to an issue of national security, economic security, stability, it's about computer chips. Talking about the pandemic, do you remember what happened during the pandemic? And especially, you know, there was a computer chip shortage because the supply chains were disrupted. The computer chips are manufactured almost entirely overseas now. 
production has been inverted over time. It used to be that 80% of all computer chips sold in North America were manufactured in North America, at least in the United States, maybe even 90%. But over time, as big companies were allowed to outsource production, production shifted over a number of decades from the United States to China. Today, the CEO of Intel was asked about that during his presentation to the delegates at the World Economic Forum, and he was quite transparent about this. Joe Biden has this computer chip act that uh, he has implemented. They're investing Well, they're pumping billions of dollars into this because during the pandemic, as you recall, there was a computer chip shortage. It meant that even as they were trying to bring automobile production back online, they couldn't get enough computer chips for the computers to go into the vehicles. So they were sitting unfinished in storage coming off assembly lines. They couldn't finish producing the cars. Computers themselves, you couldn't get things like graphics cards for computers. There was a huge shortage. Prices spiked as a result of that. Biden has sort of addressed it with this plan that he's kind of come up with. And he is, uh, let me just check the number here. How much is he investing? They passed the Chips and Science Act. This went into effect back in August, and it includes $52 billion to strengthen the semiconductor manufacturing sector in the United States. Of that, $39 billion is earmarked for manufacturing incentives, $13.2 billion for research and development and workforce training, and $500 million for international information communications, technology security, and semiconductor supply chain activities. So when this came up during today's session in Davos, it really piqued my interest because it is about economic stability. It is about national security because those same computer chips are used for all kinds of Weapon systems, defense systems, radar systems, tracking systems, satellite systems, every kind of systems. <laughs> okay? So here's the exchange, and listen to what he says. If When Joe Biden is telling us that he's got everything back on track and there's nothing to worry about because now they have this new CHIPS Act in, in place and they are ramping up production of computer chips while we're in conflict in Ukraine. We have this instability in the Middle East. They're rattling their sabers. They seem to want to go to war with China where the chips are made and in Taiwan, you know, and Taiwan where they manufacture a lot of chips is under threat of political disruption because of where things are at with China and the United States ready to intervene, I guess, in some way there. The whole world is 
in a, in a state of instability. The United States is spread thin militarily. And Biden is saying, don't worry about it. It's all under control. No, it's not. Listen to the timeline that is laid out here in this exchange, folks. This is really serious. Hey, uh, you know, Senator Portman yep. there. Sen yeah. Well, difference that ship tax makes and as a co-sponsor of that bill and having heard from a lot of my Republican colleagues about industrial policy and how that's not our direction, um, some of them thought we were overreaching and doing too much. Uh, the reality is there will still be considerable dependency, uh, mm -hmm. even when you combine the EU and the U.S. And you touched on that a little bit, but if you could talk a little more about that, I think when, about 37 about 12 percent of the ships, ships now in the United ago, States um, to about 12 percent today. And even after $52 billion and about $39 billion mm -hmm. on the manufacturing side, my understanding is we'll only be at what number in terms of the percentage of semiconductors? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be crawling our way back into the 30s, right, you know, with chips one. You know, I do believe there'll need to be a chips two uh, at some point to continue building those policy decisions. And remember, these were bad policy decisions in the U.S. and tax policy, right, and capital investment policy, long-term R&D investments. All of those aggregately caused us to go from 80 to 20. Right to rebuild that, we're not going to do that in one act, as good as it was. 12. Thank you, Senator. Right, you know, in a few years, this will take decades to rebuild decades. this industry. But I really decades. believe that chips one, chips two, fundamental industrial policy, you know, improvements in R and D, improvements in manufacturing, you know, capital uh, policies, you know, uh, rethinking of some of the financial requirements, long term, you know, human capital development. I firmly believe that we can rebuild this industry and it's the right thing for our economies, it's the right thing for our industries, and it's the right thing for our national security. And we're deeply committed to help drive that. You know, simply put, it's the right thing for the heritage of Intel, it's the right thing for the technology industry, and it is the right thing for the world. We're gonna make it happen. But, but it will take decades decades to rebuild what they've destroyed dismantled they allowed it to deteriorate through a series of bad policy decisions through a series of governments bending the knee to big companies that wanted to maximize profits at the expense of economic stability at home and national security and that is what we are facing now so that leaves the united states the western world in an extremely vulnerable position at a time when we need to be strong and stable in order to secure peace that vulnerability i'm sure other countries around the world are very aware of. I'm not so sure the public here is awake to that. So that's what got my attention. Now I see other media outlets out there doing a pretty good job of, you know, chasing people around on the streets and asking a lot of questions, but those are kind of politically charged questions. There's politics behind a lot of that stuff. This stuff this is tangible. This is real. And this isn't just political. I mean, there were political and economic reasons 
for this happening. And there's politics involved here, but this is this is this is a, this is a real threat to our way of life. It's going to take decades. They need to do more. They need to accelerate the repatriation of chip manufacturing and not just chip manufacturing, in my humble opinion, editorializing here now, folks. We need to repatriate a lot of manufacturing back into North America. Couple that with more resource extraction. Drill for the oil, use the lumber, go after the minerals, increase the mining, ramp up prosperity, add value to those extracted natural resources through manufacturing. Put people back to work in good paying jobs. Produce, 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 grow, 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 grow our way out of this economic mess. It is the only solution. They can't print their way out of this by printing more money. That will only ultimately lead to the devaluation of the currency, the collapse of the currency, the U.S. dollar as the world economic as the world reserve currency, it will destroy the West if they continue down this path. I don't know when it will happen, but it's inevitable. You need productivity to back up all that money printing, all that debt. You need productivity at some point, and it can't just be weapons production. It's just not enough. Okay, enough of me babbling about that. I worry about that stuff. I probably shouldn't lose sleep over it, but I do. I also lose sleep over, you know, the wars that I dream about the stuff. I mean, I'm immersed in the information all day and all night when I'm here with you and it's just constant, right? So maybe my perspective is a little bit skewed. I may be a little too focused on it, but I do worry about it. And today, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, also at the World Economic Forum, being asked about what, uh, what the situation is in the Middle East. Ukraine too, but in this case, focused on the Middle East, what I'm going to show you. And uh, it was interesting, you know, he he touched on the information war. It's not the only thing he's going to talk about here, but he does touch on the information war. And he touches on the way that artificial intelligence and propaganda have been coming together to trick people into thinking things that are not true, to adopt a perspective on the issue of the Israel-Hamas conflict that isn't really accurate, to the point where some people just simply don't believe that Hamas ever even attacked Israel on October 7th. Like it didn't happen, that it was like made up, or that it's, it was all Israel's fault that, you know, all that narrative. And while I'm no Anthony Blinken fan at all, I can tell you 
that what he's saying there is true. I've seen that kind of content used repeatedly in in very effective and damaging ways, skewing people's perspectives, skewing their reality to the point where you can't tell what's true and what isn't anymore. It is an information war. And I've said from the beginning, from October 7th, that Israel has lost the information war. The West has lost the information war. At least this round, they've lost the information battle here. They're trying to battle back, but they haven't been very effective. The the other side, Hamas, I'm telling you, they've got help. And lots of it. And it's sophisticated. And those same approaches are being used right now as we enter into this election year in order to manipulate public opinion on all sides. Be aware. Listen to what Blinken says. He just makes reference to that stuff I was talking about very briefly here. I'm going to come back to it on the other side of this. Hang on. My apologies. Let me just back it up. Here we go. They can't have a repeat of October 7th. No country would accept a repeat of October 7th. And I think not by way of justification, but just by way of explanation. Uh, It's hard to overstate the psychological impact on the country as a whole of what happened on that day. And there are large swaths of the world, going back to one of the first things you said, where information technology, information environments have been used and abused in such a way that large numbers of people don't believe October 7th actually happened. They don't believe that Hamas slaughtered men, women, and children, that it executed parents in front of their kids, that it executed kids in front of their parents, that it burned families alive. They don't believe it. And so, of course, especially with that, everything that followed is even worse. Here's what it comes down to, in, in, in my judgment. I think the biggest poison that we face around the world, internally in our societies and externally in our relations with others, is dehumanization. The inability to see the humanity in the other. And that applies in every direction. And when that happens, you get so hardened that you're willing to do and accept things that you wouldn't if the humanity of the other was front and center in your conscience. So one of our challenges is to fight that dehumanization, to find ways to diffuse it, to take that poison out. Um, And that's also a function of of leadership. Uh, We need leaders around the world who see that, understand that, and are prepared to act on that. Okay. So I can't disagree with that. And we've seen Israel call Palestinians human animals. I've also seen Palestinians using similar language about the Israelis, the Jews, 
we're seeing, we have seen over a period of time, schools in Palestine teaching children to hate Jews, contrary to what they will tell you publicly, but it is true, that's what they are teaching in those schools. None of that will lead to resolution. And it is about dehumanizing the other, the enemy. If you want your soldiers to go in there, if you want other human beings, if you want human beings to go kill other human beings, you have to convince the people that you're sending to kill other people. It really helps if you have something planted in their minds that tells them the people they're about to kill are not people at all, that they are less than human. It makes it a whole lot easier for them to do it. It's psychological conditioning. That is really what was going on when we heard that kind of talk. And it was out in public. I mean, we heard it. Israel calling the Palestinians human animals. And I was appalled, but I knew exactly what was going on. That's what you do to your soldiers. You screw with their minds. And if you want someone to martyr themselves, or people to martyr themselves, you screw with their minds. You think in World War II when a Japanese kamikaze pilot was crashing a plane into a ship or any other target, that they were of sound mind? No, man, they were screwed in the head. Brainwashed. Go kill yourself. Okay. It's insane. Blinken's right about that. I mean, he is absolutely right about it. Maybe the guy's finally coming to his senses. This is a guy, though, who has facilitated, promoted war. Politics is such a strange game. It is a blood sport, and it is literally a blood sport right now because we are at war. And when I'm listening to that guy, of course, I don't trust him, but... That was truth. And they are using, some of you don't want to hear this because you'd rather just eat up the fear porn every day. But I'm telling you, a lot of the crap that we're being fed online is crap. It's not even true. It's fake, 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 fake. Artificial generate, artificially generated images and videos. Photoshopped stuff, AI-generated stuff, propaganda straight up, just people making videos with who don't even know who they are, but they're making all these crazy assertions about this happened or that happened. And by the way, no one has yet come forward with any contact information for any parents, relatives, uncles, aunts, sisters, brothers, cousins, anybody, nobody so far to help me get in contact with someone, anybody connected to a missing child in Lahaina. So the challenge remains out there because there were thousands of missing children in Hawaii, right? So 
send the contact to me. Let's get them on the air. Let's find those missing kids. If indeed there are, if they're out there, but I'll tell you this, I mean, things were pretty hairy at the uh, world economic forum today. I mean, things got right out of control. First we saw a madman, the new president of Argentina stand up and talk about freedom. <laughs> they didn't like that. Also seeing that out on the streets, a lot of these world e world's elites, they, uh, they're openly talking about their distaste of Donald Trump. And there's all kinds of people talking in Davos about how it doesn't matter if Donald Trump is elected or not, nothing will stop their one world government agenda and their march toward the greening of the economy. John Kerry among them. Things are nuts. Look at this. Let me see if I can bring this up. All right. Check this out. What do you think of that? Can you believe that? Wow. Or how about this? I've got something else. This is wicked. Check this out. Watch this clip. This guy gives him a tongue lashing. You thought that the president of Argentina was spitting fire? Listen to this guy. Cover your ears if you're uh, offended by foul language. Just a forewarning, and I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Turn it off now if you don't want to see this. I'll comment on it on the other side. And I appreciate the World Economic Forum providing me the opportunity to be on this stage and say, fuck you, Klaus Schwab, and fuck your new world order. We, the people, were born free. We will stay free. And you and all of your globalist friends, including everyone in this room, can go fuck yourself. And I appreciate the World Economic Forum providing me the opportunity to be on this stage and say, fuck you, Klaus Schwab. Well, how about that? What do you think of that one? Yeah, it's called fake. Yeah, it's fake, fake, fake. Fake, 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 fake. But look how convincing it was. The guy giving Klaus Schwab the finger, the double-barreled finger finger, and that guy at the podium, that looked real. But fake. It just shows you how good this stuff has become. <laughs> yeah, magic. Yeah, magic. Magic Moon says, fake or not, I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It is fake, but it is funny. I thought I I, I laughed. <laughs> but man, it's 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 it looks pretty authentic, doesn't it? The, uh, the production values are getting better and better all the time. 
<laughs> no, I don't think he apologized, Sterling. No. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> anyway, I just, I thought I would just finish off that segment of the program talking about AI, fake news, fake propaganda, propaganda in general, the information war, how we're being manipulated to show you again, like uh, they're obviously taking it over the top so that it's obvious that it's satire. Okay. So I hope we don't get banned for showing it because it's not true. I'm acknowledging that it's not true. I'm showing it because I'm showing an example. So please don't ban me off whatever platforms we're on tonight. Okay. All you YouTube fascistic Facebook Nazis. I'm not on, we're not even on Facebook tonight. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question, SW. Is that Omar Cotter? Very good question. Very good question. Kind of look, I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, I'll take another quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Lots more to come. Is watching the new world order government overreach the great reset mainstream media lies now more than ever independent voices are needed donate now at freedomreporters.com that's freedomreporters.com maverick news the antivirus program for your mind. Okay, so Trump had that big victory in Iowa, and Vivek Ramaswamy ended his uh, his bid for the nomination. Now throwing his support behind Donald Trump, but I said early on that there was something else going on with Ramaswamy. Even though he was saying all the right things and it was America first and all of that, I said, there's something about the guy, there's something else going on. And then right before Iowa, Trump came out and said that Ramaswamy was being deceptive and attacked him saying he was working for the other side. And he does have ties to the pharmaceutical industry, among other things that maybe raise red flags for some people. 
Anyway, he went to New Hampshire, stood up at the podium, gave a speech after calling Donald Trump and saying, hey, buddy, I'm going to support you now. And so then he gets up on the stage and gives this speech. And some people are saying, can someone please interpret this body language? And I was going to comment on it the other night, but we had a lot of other stuff stacked up and I didn't really get to it. But tonight I am going to comment just a little bit on this. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play this little exchange where Ramaswamy wraps up his speech and then, you know, these guys kiss and make up and, uh, you know, just watch it. You decide what you think this body language means. And, uh, I'm going to tell you what I think it means. Okay. And I think it's kind of important too. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. That's how was that? Pretty good, right? That was pretty good. And he's a fantastic guy and he's really, uh, He's got something that's uh, very special because he started off with a Zippo and he's got, he ended up very strong. He did a great job. I was actually surprised. Watch again. They don't want to look too gay. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. This is two, two guys trying to be guys. So, you know, you can't hug too much. Okay, so okay, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yes, I should have. Okay, so um, you know they're securing their masculinity so they can hug. FJC's Vivek is a bad guy. Um, <laughs> Magic which says they almost swapped spit. Ah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. What else? Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah, it's exactly right. I think you're on the right on the money. <laughs> yeah. So you know what, man? I think Trump was like, "You come up, give me the endorsement." Ramaswamy went on for quite a while prior to that with a pretty long speech. Sounded almost like a campaign speech still. And I don't think Trump was entirely comfortable with the length and maybe even the tone, even though he was endorsing Trump, uh, because it seemed it felt to me like Ramaswamy, as much as he was endorsing Trump, was still up there campaigning. And taking advantage of being in front of the MAGA base and aligning himself with it so that he could deliver his message. And it was a lot of his same campaign talking points over again. Um, it, it, it felt to me like Ramaswamy was using it as an opportunity that was somewhat self-serving at the time. And so afterward, yeah, they embraced, but it didn't feel that warm because I think that Ramaswamy betrayed Trump's trust right before Iowa when he told some voters, including that, you know, there's also that that's video where he's speaking to that woman 
telling her that if you want to save Trump, you have to vote for me, Ramaswamy. If you vote for Trump, you're sending him to his own demise. He said, there's no way the deep state will ever let him anywhere near the White House again. So you have to support me. I need your support. And it seemed weird, especially after he had been, been saying all these complimentary things about Trump all the way down the line. But then it felt like he was turning on Trump. It felt like a betrayal. It sounded very much like a betrayal. And now standing up at the podium, it just felt a little bit cold. So I think he did the right thing by dropping out. I think he did the right thing, saved himself, I think, too, by throwing his support behind Trump, especially given that he was basically running well behind DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And so now he's campaigning with Trump. We'll see how it goes. I think he could have been Trump's VP pick. But even though he's campaigning with him, I'm not so sure that he'll be picked now. I think maybe he blew it by doing too much of this that was not in Trump's favor. And I'll tell you this, it won't be, his VP pick will not be DeSantis. It will not be Haley. It might have been this guy. I thought maybe this guy is positioned well to be the VP pick, but I'm not convinced now. It's still possible, depending on what happens. But Trump says he's already made his decision. He just hasn't revealed who it is yet. I doubt it's him. It'll be somebody else. Not those three. Oh, you know who else it won't be? Mike Pence. <laughs> Guaranteed. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarmingly, some media in an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. Have you been paying much attention to what's happening with Chrysler? Maybe most people I don't think are tuned in. Chrysler Corporation sold to Stellantis, taken over. A European-based, really 
global corporation, but European-based, focused mostly on Europe. They have a whole bunch of brands under the Stellantis banner now, including Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram truck. So those are the four that used to make up most, most of what was Chrysler. They went through a chain of ownership for a while, owned by Daimler-Benz, now owned by Stellantis, which also owns other brands like Alfa Romeo, many others. But here in North America, it's like Chrysler it just seems to be slipping away. Another major, iconic American brand that seems to be just dying off. And Stellantis doesn't seem to be focused on it. Discontinuing a number of products. Take a look at what's going on just even with Dodge. Okay, you're you're they're discontinuing the Chrysler 300, which is also the same platform that is used to produce the Dodge Challenger, the Dodge Charger. So that's a, a major model that is going to be lost. So there's the Dodge website. So what are you going to be left with? Maybe a couple of models. The Challenger is going to be gone. The Charger is going to be gone. You're going to have what? The Durango and the Hornet. That's it for Dodge. You don't make Dodge trucks anymore. It's all under the Ram brand now. So, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm drawing your attention to this because it's about jobs. It's about the economy. It's about the future. Again, it comes back to the electrification of the auto industry. The Jeep brand in you know a better position, a strong brand to be sure. And they have some interesting products there. But the flagship brand for the old Chrysler Corporation, it's like they're... I mean, there's Jeep right there, okay? And they've got some... Look at the Wrangler and Cherokee. Interesting products and the Gladiator. So still some life left there. They're still supporting that brand. But look at what is going on with Chrysler. Used to be one of the big three in North America, right? Chrysler Corporation. And huge, hugely important to... Windsor, Ontario, where they manufacture, you know, the minivans. And that's about all they have left. Because with the Chrysler 300 gone, going, this is really all that they have left under the Chrysler banner. The Pacifica, the minivan, and its different variations, basically one vehicle. In addition to that, now we are uh, seeing that Chrysler is pulling out of, I think, all North American auto shows. So this once mighty automotive brand bailed out with taxpayer money back in the 1970s with a loan that was eventually paid back by then chairman Lee Iacocca, who resuscitated, revived, saved the Chrysler Corporation with vehicles like the K car and that minivan. 
it seems Chrysler is now on a road to dust. And Stellantis just doesn't seem to be putting any investment into it. And I think that we need to be taking note of it because it's, again, about jobs, the economy, the, the fate of the auto industry in North America. Hang tough. I'll be right back. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. And today, Justin Trudeau, his Jamaican Christmas vacation, he took his family to Jamaica, stayed at that private resort, free. Total value, approximately $85,000. Basically accepted that as a gift from the proprietor of that establishment. Then there was word from his staff that it had been basically cleared by the ethics commissioner, only to find out later, not true. It was sort of a fib. So today, committee hearing began looking into probing that vacation, whether it was over the line, if it went beyond the rules. He took that government jet down to Jamaica with his family. And it uh, looks like he reimbursed the um, commercial rate for an airplane ticket or for his family, uh, which is what the, the rules are. But 85 grand for a week at a resort, who gets that? And who gives out $85,000 as just a freebie to someone without an expectation of something coming back? It's not sitting well with the opposition. It's not sitting well with the Canadian people. So today at this committee meeting, I'll just bring you just a little taste of what went down there. Conservative member of parliament, uh, Larry Brock, holding Trudeau's feet to the fire here at, at, at one point couple of points he actually calls Trudeau a liar but then got his knuckles wrapped for it let me just uh roll this for you and you'll see how he then had to rephrase what he was saying we haven't heard the last of this this is really just the beginning folks Thank you, Mr. Chair, and um, <clears throat> I'd like to uh, start at the outset by wishing all my colleagues a happy new year. 
I hope that uh, everyone had a enjoyable, relaxing uh, time away from the hill. A few of us, unfortunately, are back earlier than we anticipated, but uh, this is this is an important issue, not only for parliamentarians, but it's an important issue for Canadians. Uh, as my colleague, Mr. Barrett, has indicated, um, 2024 has not started off on a new footing. It's essentially the same sort of uh, uh, issues that uh, Canadians are dealing with uh, in 2023 and 2022, and that's the issue of affordability. I know uh, personally uh, many members of my constituency who uh, wrote to me and expressed their astonishment that how tone deaf this prime minister and this liberal government was in, in light of all of the issues that Canadians are facing, that he would find it appropriate to accept an $84,000 gift for an extremely extravagant holiday in Jamaica. I think we are all of the same belief, and I believe all Canadians are of the same belief, Mr. Chair, that the Prime Minister is indeed worthy of a vacation. He is indeed worthy of spending quality time with his family. Uh, he was born of privilege. He maintains a lifestyle of privilege. It's now no shock to anyone here at this committee or in this house or across Canada that he is well connected with terms of friends and other associates in the world. And uh, he probably enjoys staying at uh, locations that offer some of the finer things in life. We don't, we don't uh, begrudge that as a starting point. What we do begrudge is how a particular issue such as this has blown up to such an extent that it now has the makings of a scandal. This was a really non-issue from the get-go. If the Prime Minister and his office were completely transparent as to who sourced this particular vacation, how it was communicated to the Prime Minister, all the terms associated with he accepting uh, the offer to stay at this luxurious villa. Had he been upfront with Parliament, had he been upfront with Canadians, right from the outset, I don't think we'd be here today. But the Prime Minister and his office have compounded this particular issue as such that we as parliamentarians are here asking for clarification. And you know, Mr. Chair, this isn't a one-off. This is a pattern, a pattern of conduct uh, with this prime minister and his office to mislead Canadians. Setting aside the controversy surrounding his trip to the Aga Khan uh, Island and how he was found guilty of of breaching the uh, ethic uh, guidelines. He promised Canadians in the House that he would do better, that he would communicate in advance with the Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner and be upfront because the hallmark of the Trudeau brand, the hallmark of the Trudeau government is transparency. That's what he promised Canadians during the 2015 general election. You vote for me, you will have the most open, transparent, and accountable government this country has ever seen. Has that happened, Mr. Chair? Absolutely not. I really don't know if anyone 
on the liberal bench, and certainly the prime minister even understand the definition of transparency. But most recently, the government has shuffled some positions. One of the shuffling of positions was the house leader, the government house leader, who is now occupying that position by the name of Steve McKinnon. Steve McKinnon was asked by the press with respect to this vacation. He indicated as follows. The prime minister, and this is a quote, the prime minister followed all the rules and in fact got his travel plans pre-approved by the commissioner. We know that's a lie. It's misleading. It was deliberate. It was intentional on Mr. McKinnon's part to mislead Canadians. Because now we know that that office, the Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner, does not pre-approve and give permission to vacation. The issue is whether or not the form of a gift qualifies as an acceptable one under the Act. To clarify, he says, the office... No, I'm sorry, that's the quote from the Ethics Commissioner. But he, he went on in, in a different interview. This is Steve McKinnon, the government house leader. And it said as follows. I think Canadians don't want to deny the prime minister the ability to take a Christmas vacation with his family. And that's what he did. McKinnon told reporters last week, all of the rules have been followed. And the law has, as one of its fundamental pillars, transparency which is, of course, the reason why we're discussing this today. The Prime Minister has acted transparently. Are we to accept the House Leader's word for that? I think that would be negligent. I don't think we'd be doing our job as His Majesty's loyal opposition to accept that at face value in light of the fact that the office has, has since rebutted the position taken by the Prime Minister and his office that this was pre-approved. There's a lot of smoke here, Mr. Chair, and I'm sure there is a fire that's burning, Mr. Chair, that we need to find out its source. As I indicated, this is not a one-off. It is a series of missteps by this government. I talked about the Aga Khan vacation. We then had the, um, the, the dress-up clown show in India. We then had the issue surrounding the very first Truth and Reconciliation Day. Again, one of the hallmarks of the Trudeau brand and our Prime Minister in the 2015 election was his pronouncement that no, there was no other relationship that was more important to Canada than its relationship with Indigenous Canadians. He created the very first Truth and Reconciliation Day after the discovery of the unmarked graves in Kamloops. This was an important milestone in the history of this country in an effort to broker reconciliation between non-Indigenous and Indigenous alike. What did the Prime Minister do? The Prime Minister instructed his office to lie to Canadians to say that he was in Canada engaging in private meetings when in fact some sleuths in the Canadian public were able to track his flight and realize he wasn't in Ottawa. He was en route to BC to take a surfing vacation. Point of, point of order, Chair. Point of order, Chair. 
Go ahead, uh, Ms. Damoff, on your point of order. And as it relates to the standing orders, I'd like to uh, just some clarification on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, the, twice now the member has said that the Prime Minister lied, and I think we all know that that is not allowed <laughs> under parliamentary rules. So I just wondered if you could remind him that he he can't say that the Prime Minister lied. Um, if, if that could just, you could remind the Honourable Member of that, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Damoff. I'm going to ask Mr. Brock just to be a little more judicious in his, uh, his words. Thank the you. Prime Minister was deceitful to Canadians, uh, Mr. Chair. <laughs> so... Instead of telling the truth that he, in fact, was in Ottawa, engaged in private meetings, he furthered his own selfish private interests in taking a surfing vacation on the very first day that he created. It was embarrassing and it was shameful and it was an event that should not have happened. So again, these are things that I wanted to bring to the attention of this committee that this now, this Jamaican Christmas vacation is not a one-off. It, it displays a pattern of miscommunication and deceit by the Prime Minister's office, giving three different versions of the truth as to what they communicated to the Conflict of Interest and Ethics Commissioner and we as parliamentarians, but more importantly, Canadians from coast to coast to coast, need some daylight shed on this issue. And for all of those reasons, I support my colleague's motion. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, uh, Mr. Brock. On the motion, I do have a list. I have Ms. Khalid. Now they're looking to have some documents SMB, submitted. Uh, Monsieur Gord. And that's and at the... Um... Monsieur Gord. Uh, Ms. Khalid, go ahead, you have the floor. On the motion. Thank you the heart very of the much, matter uh, here. Mr. Chair. And uh, I think uh, on the motion, I think it's important for us to understand uh, the context but. of it. So if it's okay with you and through you, Mr. Chair, I'd like to ask Mr. Barrett. I know that he... Okay. So the, con the, the, con the ethics commissioner, conflict of this ethics commissioner, has now been asked to testify and uh, it looks like that could happen at the end of this month. So this isn't over, but it's not clear if this will actually result in any kind of a full-blown probe now, because at the end of the proceedings today, in the end, documents that were requested, it looks like they will not be furnished because of confidentiality rules. And here's the explanation as to why. Our parliament and how we can ensure that transparency exists and that we continue to maintain um, trust in our democratic institutions so, uh, in, in how we conduct ourselves as members of parliament. She's um, gonna, and I, I, as I, as I continue why. to opine on this, um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chair, I just want to uh, again say I know that Mr. Brock had referred to uh, the the House leader and the the new House leader. I just want to wish uh, the former House leader um, Karina Gold a, a very blessed uh, maternity leave as she goes on to to have a baby and uh, and and just really reconcile with with her own family as uh, as Mr. Oh, I'm and, sorry uh, about Minister not having that tight goes on to take tighter. on her role in an acting. Uh, capacity let me get it tighter for you 
Here we go. Lead, we're going to next go to Ms. Damoff on the motion. Ms. Damoff, you have the floor. Go ahead. Okay, so thank you so much, Chair and uh, colleagues. It's nice to see you. Wishing you all the best for for the new year. Um, so I, I want to start just um, when Mr. Barrett began his um, introduction to his motion, he talked about affordability. And, you know, that's a concern that Canadians have. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And that's why, as a government, we have brought in um, reduced childcare fees. And if you think that that isn't helping families, I know in my own family, the, the, the reduction the of need. fees by half here in Ontario has made a huge difference. Not, not Again, I apologize. So, here we go. Bottom line is here, they're uh, one of the things that um, I think she's Mr. Barrett talked about and some and Mr. Brock as well was, you know, about the the conflict of an interest commissioner. And, uh, you know, I, Mr. Barrett said that in his response, um, in his response, that the commissioner said that they wouldn't be releasing any documents. Well, rightly so. As a member of parliament, all members of parliament, um, we have the expectation that when we speak to the um ethics commissioner, that that information will be held confidential. Um, there's an expectation that um, when we have those conversations, when we lay out something that we want an opinion on, um, that that's not going to be made public. In fact, if, if that was to change and those documents were to be made public, um, quite frankly, no one would consult with the commissioner because there would be a fear that um, privileged and private and um, other information could be made public in the future. So that's a fundamental aspect of that office. Uh, in fact, as, as a parliamentary secretary and as all, I have to file annually uh, report with the ethics commissioner. I, I, there's no way that it would be appropriate for those kind of documents to be made public, nor would it be appropriate any time that any MP or the Prime Minister consults with that office, that, though, that though those conversations should be public. There's an expectation that they'll be, that they'll be private. So I think that's critically important for us to, um, to remember. No, I don't. At the office before his, his um, trip this Christmas. Said that he did communicate and with the office before rightly his trip. Rightly so, but, the, mm. the office has said that they can't share it. So, Mr. Chair, I'm going to leave it there for now. I know that others want to speak to this motion, um, but I'll leave it there for now. Okay, so I'm not sure, you know, I don't have a specific opinion on that particular procedure. I will say this, and I've said this for a long time. We need a lot more transparency. If it hadn't been for the National Post report revealing the value of Trudeau's 10-day Jamaican vacation, the public would not know that he received a gift of that size. Today, again, in French, so I won't run the clip, but Trudeau doubled down on his 
stance on this, saying that he was just staying with friends. It was the equivalent, basically, of just staying with friends over the holidays. I don't think so. He's at a Jamaican resort, staying in a high-class establishment, total value, about, well, in excess of $80,000. That's a gift. And you want to talk about corruption. You want to talk about why these politicians do the crazy things that they do that sometimes seem more, more, not just sometimes, but more often than not, it seems go against the best interests of you, the country, the citizens. Well, I've said for a long time, I think politicians, we need a lot more transparency on where their money is coming from. We need tougher rules on what they can accept as gifts, donations, campaign contributions, and all of that money flowing in for political purposes needs to be completely transparent. We need to know. I think we have a right to know as citizens and taxpayers who's lining the pockets of our politicians because it absolutely influences them when it comes time to pass legislation, vote in the House. And this is another example of how Trudeau takes another lavish vacation on somebody else's, you know, dime so that he can live high on the hog. On a salary that, what was it? I, I, 100, I think it's $178,000 a year salary as prime minister. I'm sorry, but on that kind of money, you can't really afford to stay at an $80,000 per week while it's a 10 day vacation resort. So he's getting it for free. It's a gift. Does he report that on his income tax? I suspect not. But man, I'll tell you, if you have a job where you have a company car, <laughs> Revenue Canada is going to nail you on that. Because that's a taxable benefit. But he can take, what, an $85,000 gift and just go totally incognito on it? Until a journalist finds out. And then the ethics office, the ethics commissioner, keeps all that confidential? I don't think so. So, yeah, let's get that ethics commissioner up and get some transparency and some testimony on that side. We'll get that at the end of the month, and we'll find out a little bit more. And, yeah, I think we should be probing much deeper into the behavior and the finances of our good Prime Minister, Justin. I'll be right back.
Maverick News. Fighting for freedom. It looks like some people are finally beginning to wake up to the realities of the electric vehicle revolution. Even mainstream media now acknowledging that during this recent cold snap, a lot of these EVs have not been charging. Even in places like the Windy City, Chicago, where EVs had trouble charging over the past week. Although mainstream media here, at least in this case, sort of dismissing the report, saying it wasn't the fault of the EVs and it wasn't just Tesla's. There were several factors that contributed to a perfect winter storm. Making reference here to inadequate charging infrastructure, which continues to be a problem that is plaguing the auto industry and those who are promoting the electrification of the industry. It's a big obstacle. It's one of the main reasons people have been reluctant to buy EVs, not enough charging stations. But we also saw during this past week, during this huge cold snap, that some of those chargers stopped functioning. Such was the case out in oil-rich Alberta, where a lot of those charging stations simply wouldn't work. And a lot of electric vehicles in the minus 50 degree temperatures out in Alberta simply wouldn't charge. In addition to that, you had the provincial government there asking people to conserve energy. The grid was not up to the, to the task. They couldn't pump enough energy into the grid in the cold because there was such heavy demand for electricity during the cold snap, coal-fired generating plants have been shut down in the province of Alberta by the former NDP government, now the United Conservative Party, trying to deal with the, the shortages. They actually had to ask people to avoid charging their electric vehicles during peak times because there just wasn't enough electricity being generated to serve the people. And they were literally in danger of freezing in the dark. That's the reality, like it or not. Okay, what else do we have for you uh, tonight? Oh yes, okay, let's go back to Donald Trump, okay? Oh, I just want to make note, too. You know, it was, uh, everybody likes the pillow guy, right? Mike Lindell. Did you know that it was 15 years ago, as of yesterday, that Mike Lindell says he sobered up, got off drugs, and found God. And says he gave his life to Jesus. There he is. He was a he was a drug addict. Struggled back, made something of himself.
and he has uh, an organization called Lindell Recovery to help recovering drug addicts. Let's go to his website and see what that looks like or to his social media site. He's over on Truth Social, I think. Getting some lag on the internet here tonight. Again, even though we should have extremely fast internet, it's kind of sluggish. Anyway, suffice it to say, Mike Lindell has this organization to help recovering addicts. And I just thought I'd draw some positive attention to the pillow guy because he's been taking it on the chin too, you know? He really has, as he's stood beside Donald Trump every step of the way, since especially, especially since the last election, in his efforts to bring what he believes is truth to the issue of election integrity. And then when Trump won in Iowa, mainstream media came out swinging again by really pushing Trump away they refused to, some of the networks refused to run with Donald Trump's speech the night that he walked away with Iowa. Here's what Rachel Maddow had to say on CNN about that. There's a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, and honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. There's a cost to us as a news Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. There's a reason that we... <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as it's all about truth. It's good that we're on the same page, Rachel. So then Trump was um, back in court again today for the E. Jean Carroll sexual assault case. Um, you may recall, this is the case where the case was held, like the main case was some time ago, and she had accused him of sexual assault and rape. The result of that case was that the jury found that he was liable for um, essentially attacking her character and damaging her, defaming her. So they awarded her like five million, but said that and and um, I think they said that there was some. They said that he had sexually abused her, but didn't rape her, whatever that's supposed to mean. And it defamed her, so they awarded her $5 million in damages. But she's back in court, and the jury never 
the, the jury said that they that Carol did not prove that Trump had actually raped her. So it wasn't because it's not true. But now she's back in court seeking five million dollars. I think actually under ten million dollars in compensatory damages and millions more in punitive damages because of the defamatory statements that he has made about her. And so today in court, there was an additional back and forth between Trump and the judge because Trump, sitting there frustrated, kept talking to his lawyers, Carol's attorney complained to the judge. The judge then said, Mr. Trump, I hope I don't have to consider excluding you from the trial, Judge Kaplan said. I understand you're probably eager for me to do that. And Trump said, I would love it. <laughs> he said to the judge, he says, and the judge says, I know you would like it. You just can't control yourself in this circumstance, apparently. And then Trump muttered back, you can't either. So this has been quite the trial. And, uh, you know, this is not really being televised because of the nature of the, I guess, the content anyway. No video to share with you that I'm aware of coming out of that courtroom. I see court art, but no cameras being allowed in, I think, because it's a sexual assault thing. In any event, Carol has come out publicly, revealed who she is. This isn't an anonymous Jane Doe case, so it's fair game to name her here, which is what we're doing. But this is uh, this is still ongoing. She was I think she was the. Um, chief editor or one of the on the editorial staff at L magazine. More legal hurdles for Trump to uh, to jump over. He was also upset on Thursday because he had asked for the trial to be suspended for a day so he could attend the funeral for his mother-in-law. And the judge said no. And Trump was upset. And I guess he actually slammed the desk when the judge denied the request. And it seems to me that in a situation like that, yeah, seems to me that that is not right. They could have given the guy a day for that. I think so anyway. All right, let's uh, take a look at what Ted Cruz has to say now about all this situation in Iowa, now going into New Hampshire. Cruz not running against Trump this time around. But throwing his, uh, his support behind Donald Trump. Here he is. Trump's victory was across the board. He won 51% of the vote. He won 98 of the counties. Congratulations to President Trump on that dominating victory. And, and at this point, I, I believe this race is over. So, so I am proud to endorse 
Donald Trump for president of the United States. I look forward to supporting him enthusiastically because I think it's time for the Republican Party to unite, for us to come together. We've got to beat Joe Biden. We've got to beat this disastrous cultural Marxist agenda in the White House. We've got to retake the United States Senate. We've got to hold the House. We've got to come together and win. And with the results last night, the people have spoken. It's time to move onward to victory in November. Yeah, pretty... Uh... Pretty lopsided. Absolute landslide. No doubt about it. Trump's the guy. I think Ted Cruz is right. It's over. So we can continue with this process. But I don't think Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis have a path to victory at all. So probably time. Well, they might carry on for a little while longer, but it might just be best for them to pack it in and get on with the business of campaigning, get some of them big Trump rallies going and uh, see where that leads heading into the big election. And then we'll have to see what happens on the, uh, the Democrat side with Biden and his challengers, the only real viable challenger on the other side, RFK Jr., and will he have enough traction? Will Biden manage to um, stumble his way into the next election? Survive? Does he have the stamina? Or is he just too darn old? Too sleepy? We'll find out. Maybe sleepwalking is the way to victory. Seemed to work the last time. Stick with me. I'm just going to check the newswire and then we're going to head off to the to the phone lines so you guys can join the conversation here tonight. Don't go away. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. Greetings brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late, too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. 
The world is watching. Okay, so before we get to the phones, I'm going to share this clip of Donald Trump coming out of court. And this appears to be fresh, and I hope the dating on this is accurate. Here we go. And I think this is brand new with regard to what's going on in that court case. Here's Trump. Well, thank you very much. So, uh, as you, you know, uh, the First Lady's mother passed away. The funeral is tomorrow, and we would have assumed that for a trial this like is this, old. it's not an emergency in terms of timing. Uh, the judge would have been very nice and would let me go because I want to be at every trial day uh, because I saw what happened in the first one where I was asked not to go by the lawyers very much. They said, it, it's demeaning. There was no evidence. There was no anything. And so I didn't go. And I understood exactly what he meant when he said it was demeaning. There was no reason to go and you shouldn't go. And I decided on this one, same judge, same judge. He's a radical Trump hater. And uh, I said, uh, I will go to all days. So what happened very terribly is we asked to just delay the trial for one day so I could go to the funeral tomorrow and then we could start Friday or Monday or any time they want. And this he said, absolutely clip. not. The trial will go on just as it is. You can go to the funeral or you can go to the trial, but you can't do both. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible. So he would rather have me miss the funeral or go to the funeral, miss the trial. And that's a nasty man. He's a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. And uh, it's obvious to everybody in the court. It's a disgrace, frankly, what's happening. It's a disgrace. Happens to be a Clinton appointment, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. So that's as to that. Uh, second order of business, I'm leaving right now for New Hampshire. We're making a big speech up in New Hampshire. We just got a poll in that uh, shows me leading by a lot. And I think we'll do there, maybe similar to what we did in Iowa. Uh, the difference is that in New Hampshire, they allow Democrats to vote for whatever reason in the Republican primary. And they also let uh, independents vote in the Republican primary. So that is a big difference. But we have uh, a nice journey. It's going to take place in about five minutes when I'm finished with you people. I'll be leaving for New Hampshire, in other words, right after this. And then as to the trial today, it was a very interesting day. Uh, as you probably noticed, it's a big story that the uh, witness today, the a person I never knew, I never had anything to do with, it's a totally rigged deal. This whole thing is rigged, election interference. But this is a person I have no idea until this happened, obviously. I have no idea who she was, and nor could I care less. It's a rigged deal. It's a made-up, fabricated story. Well, they found out today that she got rid of a lot of evidence, as you probably noticed. She got rid of massive amounts no, of No, this evidence. is actually a new and clip. This is to today. She had a rifle or a gun, uh, because she said she bought gun bullets or rifle bullets, and it was the opposite, I guess, of her gun. And uh, was it licensed? No, it wasn't licensed. So I guess she's got a difficult problem. That's going to be her problem. But she has a gun or a, or a rifle. She didn't really explain which. She might have both because she said she bought rifle bullets, So, uh, and it's totally unlicensed. 
So I assume that's a problem. But the judge was protecting her. He didn't want to go there. We don't want to go there. We don't want to. If that were me, it would be a different story. But with her, uh, the judge is totally protective of them. And frankly, anybody in that court would see it. It's frankly, it's a disgrace. That's probably one of the reasons our country is going to hell. So the big take today was that she deleted and destroyed massive amounts of evidence. And we think that the both trials should be thrown out because it's ridiculous. They should be thrown out. And I, frankly, am the one that suffered damages. I should be given money, given damages. And that's where that is. And with that being said, I'm heading out to New Hampshire. Thank you very much for being back here. Thank you. And that was Trump today coming out of court. So he is, um, what time is his speech due in New Hampshire? Not sure. Coming up anyway. We'll keep tabs on that. I'm not sure what time his speech was there. Oh, there was also this. I thought this was funny. I'm going to show you this too. <laughs> He's going after Nikki Haley. <laughs> That's pretty good, man, because she was bringing in some uh, support from the Democrats to help bolster her in Iowa. And they called her out on it. And now <laughs> she looks a whole lot like Hillary Clinton in that picture. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. Anyway, okay, let's uh, let's see if we can fire up these phone lines. And we'll get rocking and rolling with that. Okay, so... Got that all set up there. And yeah, just a reminder that you can donate to the show if you want to support us at, oh, let me put the uh, URL up. First of all, you can donate at maverickdonations.com. That's the Give, Send, Go page. Great Christian-based platform for fundraisers. I've been very impressed with them, actually. I like those guys a lot. As I told you before, when I set up the account there, they actually phoned me personally to say thank you. And that was it. It wasn't like they were trying to upsell or anything like that. It was just thank you and bless you. And I'm like, wow, you don't get that kind of personal touch very often these days, especially in this digital era. But there it was. Amazing stuff. I felt very, um, very welcomed. Um, you can also donate at freedomreporters.com. That URL takes you to the PayPal donation page. That's where most people donate. Now, I do have these new shirts. And I'm going to keep one for myself, just to let you know. But these are um, new shirts. Dickies shirts. Oh, 
Actually, these ones are for the car show. I got made up. But I've got Ma Maverick News ones as well. I got a few of these made up for my car show. Nice metallic silver thread on these. Um, but you're going to probably want the Maverick News shirt. And it has the Maverick News logo embroidered right here. These are nice, comfortable shirts. Dickies shirts. So uh, any donation of $60 or more, just tell me what size you want. And I will send you a Dickies long sleeve embroidered shirt. I like them. And I'm going to wear mine right here. I have an SST shirt on right now, too. One of my old ones from a long time ago. These have these been great shirts, too. I've had these a lot of these shirts for years. Super high quality. Wash up well. Anyway, um, yeah, freedomreporters.com. You can donate there. And with that being said, I'm going to run a couple of little transitions here. A couple of short videos while I get the phone lines online. Get ready to call in and join the conversation. The New World Order. Government Overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream Media Lies. Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind. And the phone lines are ready. So let me just run this so you know what number to call. Join the conversation. Call 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-FREE. Speak up. Speak out. Make your voice heard. Maverick News. Fighting for freedom by defending your right to free speech. Be a Maverick. Join us.
Okay, here we are, and there's that. And let me put the number up on the screen again here for you. You can call in at 1-833-975-3733. 1-833-975-3733. That's 1-833-975-FREE. And it is a free call. And the reason we use free in the number is because it's all about freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of media, as much as we can provide that. So that's what it's all about, man. Oh, and here's the um, Maverick News version of these shirts with the embroidered logo on it right there. So again, if uh, anybody wants one of these, $60 embroidered shirt, donation of $60 or more, and I will ship you one of those. Just make sure you make a notation in the uh, on the donation page or email me separately even. I'll match it up to the, to the other message that comes in. But let me know what size you need. And again, you can have it in any color you want as long as it's black just like the old Model Ts. Um, and, oh, also, I think I'm all caught up. Every Anybody that ordered a shirt or donated and has a shirt coming, if you don't have it already, it'll be coming very shortly. We had a few to send out, and they've all been sent out now. If you don't receive yours and you're wondering where yours is, um, there might have been a miscommunication or whatever, um, just in case, don't be afraid to message me and ask. I'll, I will respond to let you know what the status is or whatever on that front. So let me see here. Let's go to our first caller of the night, my good friend, John. Hey, John, hey. how are you? Uh, I don't know. I'm I uh, had a uh, glass of wine, big glass of wine, and I'm feeling sleepy. <laughs> I always sleep when I drink wine. Okay, well. It's been to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost dozed off a few times. I kind of woke up. What, what do you got? Uh, double X. Any shirts? Double X? Oh, I probably do. I think so. I don't know what size this one is. That this one's large. Oh, if I yeah, I probably have a double X. I'll I'll check and I'll confirm for you though. I can't do it right now because I can't oh, run over okay. it. All right. Oh. Yeah. You want a uh, long sleeve shirt like yeah. this? Like what? What? I didn't see it. He didn't. See uh, what is it? SS. What is that? No, it's okay. I got these news ones. Right. Maverick News. These are Dickie shirts. What's Dickie? They're like um, I wear them because they're they're like a work shirt, really. But they just look like a regular shirt. Uh, but they really they're they wear like a pig's nose. So you'll have these things for years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 wear like super hard, man. Um, like this shirt They're I have on sleeve. right now, it's kind of like that. What's that? Long sleeve, long sleeve, yeah, short sleeve, like long sleeve. 
These ones are long sleeve. So they're... Well, you got one double X for that? I probably do, John. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. Yep. All right. Well, I'll send you money for that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'll, send, I'll send a note to you. Thank you. Yeah? Okay. Yep, I'll send All right, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you money for that. I, 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 the, it sounds like it's heavy duty. I'll probably have it till... Oh, uh, <laughs> well, you'll have it forever. I, I don't like then. long sleeves. This yeah, shirt, I don't like this, long sleeves too much, but... Yeah. This shirt here but that I, I have I'll on, this, like this, I've had this probably 12 years, this shirt. <laughs> it shows how fashion forward I am, but I love <laughs> these shirts, man. These are so comfortable. Anyway. Yeah. When I was with my mother, she she uh, uses bleach and everything. I, all my clothes are full of bleach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do oh, that. Oh, man. I, I used to hate her washing my clothes. <laughs> 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 oh, <man>. I'm serious. <laughs> Brand new shirt. There's bleach spots on it. <laughs> oh, oh man. A fucking old Italian woman, man. I don't understand them. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, my son my son would always make fun of me wearing these shirts because I wear them a lot. And and he's he just yeah. like you 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 it looks like you never change a shirt because I have a bunch of these and I I just cycle them, right? <laughs> so, I'm yeah. always wearing these black shirts, and I just, they're comfortable. I love them, and I'm going to keep on wearing them. So it's just, that's me. It's like me. I I, I, I uh, went to a powwow, and they were giving out these Every Child Matters with this leaf on it, you know, orange shirt. Yeah. And they had double X. So I grabbed four of them. Okay. And, and it was just a donation. Like, it wasn't like you had to pay for them. So I gave him 20 bucks for four shirts. All right. So I have one on every day, the same shirt. And someone said to me, he goes, oh, when was the last time you took that shirt off? <laughs> I said, <laughs> well, I, I, to be honest with you, I got four of them. So <laughs> don't worry, they get washed. I, oh. When I was in when I was in elementary school, I had a, a vice principal who, and I'm not joking, she wore the same pantsuit every single oh. day for the entire time oh, I went to school shit. there. How long ago? That that was that was grade school. Yeah, in the 1970s. Never, always the principal? exact same outfit. Vice principal. Wow, vice principal. Yeah, I don't know if she went home Holy and washed shit. it every day or what she did, but um, it was exactly the same pantsuit. That's all she ever wore, ever. I miss those days. <laughs> they were good days back then, Brick. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I I used to love those days. It was Young Street. They had all the hippies on Yorkdale, you know. <laughs> it had all the all the, the the famous bars down there. It was. It was something, man, and all these old cars, all hot hot rods. Eh? Today you don't yeah. see any more hot rods, you know. Back then, everybody had a heavy kid had a hot rod, eh? Yeah, you know? yeah. Today, today it's just. I tell you, we're, we're we're all doomed, anyways, with this war going on in the Middle East. If they don't stop this thing, we're 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 done. You know that, eh? They're 
it's spreading right now on the Middle East. It's yeah. It's getting it's getting pretty uh, t- tense there right now. So. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. But it's not. Uh... Hey, what's that? I heard today somebody Kate and King Charles. They're under medical care or something. Something going on with those people. King Charles is under medical care? Something popped up on my iPad today, and it says uh, uh, Kate and King Charles under medical care. He Well, King Charles, I see uh, here, is being treated for an enlarged prostate. Oh, pretty guy. Whoa, what a guy. Just give him, what are you going to do for an enlarged prostate, man? Come on. Yeah, it's benign. It's not cancerous. It's it's an enlarged prostate. That's why they were at the medical center. But it was Kate, too. Who's Kate? Kate's the the other guy's uh, wife, isn't it? She's the good-looking girl there, the tall one. Anyhow, I, I think it, I think they're talking about Kate That's, Middleton. I think she just went to the. I don't know, what's the deal with her? I wasn't really yeah, following this. I don't pay a lot of attention. What to happened? The, no, I don't. I, family, I, I, it just popped on my iPad. I, I got so much garbage popping up all day long, and it drives you crazy. I got to turn it off. She somehow. she was in hospital. She had abdominal kind of surgery. Annoying. She had abdominal surgery. Oh fuck! Yesterday, I wonder what she swallowed. <laughs> it uh, says here that she she must have been swallowing something. Also says she's she's not suffering from cancer, so that's good news for her. Well, we all got cancer, you know that. Yeah, well, Maybe I hear people refer to it cancer. that way. Yeah. I'll try but not the, to think about that. Thanks. The thing is, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know I, I know I've, I probably got cancer somewhere in my body. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. It's just like prostate cancer is the slowest growing cancer you have. If you have prostate cancer, you probably live till you're eighty because it's it, certain cancers are really slow, unless you got the uh, the the hooch there. It, it, it's uh it boosts it up. It's Got the hooch. Cancer. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, it's a cancer oh, boost. I hear what you're saying. It yeah, can, we don't really we don't really want to talk about. Boost. Yeah, we don't really want to talk about that on YouTube. If we don't have to. Are you on so. YouTube? You're back on YouTube. Yeah, we are on YouTube tonight. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Not on Facebook. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. You know my my. My big screen TV. I, I, I don't know why you even have cable. I, I watch YouTube more than the TV. YouTube, I'm flicking around. There's so much stuff on YouTube that it's interesting. And as soon as you find something, it finds everything. Today, well, I, I'm into this war. I'm watching a lot of it because I, uh, you know, fascinating and talks about all kinds of. I, think, like, I I found out so much in the last few days just 
searching around. It's unbelievable. The uh, all kinds of weapons. The today I was watching the, all the story about Gaza, how how Israel and Jerusalem and Palestine, how it all came. Like it, it's pretty fascinating uh, the history of everything, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's history. We never stop learning, Rick. At least I don't. That's I, true. I, I'm learning. I'm learning till I die. Okay. So, anyways, how much you want me to send you for that shirt? I'll send what? you some money tomorrow or the weekend. The yeah, weekend. any donation, sixty dollars or more, and uh, okay, sixty or more. Okay. And then we're rocking and rolling. Okay, uh, you got it. You got it. You're an awesome man. More Jack. callers on the line there? Yeah. Uh, no, not, no, nobody else calling in at the moment. It's kind of a quiet night. I'd like to have some new people calling. If, you, if, you, if you're out there and you've been thinking of calling in, now would be a great time. I'd love to hear some new voices on the other end of the line. What do you think of Trudeau's vacation scandal? You know, there's a big squabble about that, that, like, when I worked for TTC, we weren't allowed to take gifts from sales reps. Yeah. Because there, if you take a gift from a Christmas gift or anything, even a free lunch, Rick, even a free lunch, we weren't allowed because mm-hmm. they're buying you, right? That means yeah, right. you're going to use the you're going to you're going to inspect their products, right? Yep. Yep. Because I, I was in uh, I was doing a uh, it was a it was a good job, but it was too political. Uh, I was in, uh, like, I've been in every subway tunnel in, 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 in Toronto. Every subway tunnel in Toronto, I've been in every one. All the subway stations, all the streetcars, and all the subway repair garage. and uh, It was a dog fucker's job. You know, all, all I did is go in there, and then they send you out all day long, and uh, they give you a car, or you take the subway, <laughs> the subway station, right? And uh, but you weren't allowed to take any gifts from anyone. If you if you if they found out, you get fired. And because, uh, like Trudeau, like I'm sure whoever gave him that money, they're getting. They're getting paid off one way or the other, right? It's like a bribe, you know. It's. Um, I think it's sure a big Ford's issue when somebody's taking those kinds of gifts worth eighty-five thousand uh, dollars. That's a you lot know, of money. That's, that's a lot, lot of money. Yeah. yeah. A lot. Like, come on. I'm sure they're getting paid off one way or the other, but either they're getting contracts. Or something, you know. And I like to know. Here's one thing I like to know, which we don't know. Who was the person that gave him the money? Who, what kind of business did they run? Who who were these people? You mean the, the we don't to know Trudeau? Yeah. Well, it was the it was a friend of Do the family. Know? It's um Green, I think is what the kind guy's of friend? name. What kind of friend did he do? Uh, uh, Trudeau's into the, these uh, pumps. What do you call them? Uh, house heating pumps? Heat Does pumps. he own a heating pump company or something? 
I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a Peter but Green. I know when. His name, Peter Green. And he was located near Ocho Rios in Jamaica, which I've been to Ocho Rios, but where I stayed, it wasn't, you know, over $8,000 a night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jeez. No. Yeah. But, like, what does this guy do? Peter Green, what does he do? I'm sure. He's a real estate guy. Know, He's a real estate. He's a real estate business guy. Tycoon owns that resort. Put uh -huh. Trudeau up. Trudeau and his family. And the, the total bill would have come to about 85 grand. But no cut, no charge for Justin and his family. Because he was just there staying like because he was oh. a family friend. Or so Trudeau says. Family friend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, there's always you know, the there's always a payback one way or the other. Oh yeah. No, nothing's free in this world. That is right. There, there's a payback somehow. Yeah. So, hey, the, the another another thing I'm hearing, hear all these uh, kids dying from uh, strep throat. It's really big right now in Toronto. No. S strep throat. Oh yeah, the hmm. hospitals are. They're dying from it. Um. Yeah, they're in they're in um, uh, intensive care. They're on these machines. Here it is. Here, aggressive, often deadly form of strep. It's record high case numbers in Canada. Six Ontario children have died from invasive group A strep since October. Yeah. That according to the Public Health Agency of Canada. So you're quite right. There's one thing that one thing they don't tell you that I know. Mm -hmm. They're all vaxxed. Yeah. 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 We have to be careful about what we say there, but I yes, get you. Sir. I get what you're saying. Okay. But uh, the, 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 and there's going to be other 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 stuff coming out. Um, More than 4,600 cases confirmed in 2023 there. at the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg. And that's a 40% increase over the previous year high in 2019. 40% more. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't take much to connect dots, right? Something doesn't add yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highest in older adults yeah, and younger uh, children. Yep, strep A infections young, on the rise. Young, young kids, young kids. 222 cases reported in December. Yeah, not more than any month on record, and that is just in the province of Ontario. Yeah. You, you uh, also show Trump today in court. Yeah. They they threatened to, they threatened to throw to throw uh, uh, what was it the the judge threatened to uh, turf Trump out of court. Yes, that yeah, popped up on my that. iPad today too. Yes, that's yeah, right. that popped up on my <laughs> iPad. I go, oh yeah, they try. You know, yeah. you, you you know Trump though. He, he, yeah. he, I I don't trust him. He knows everybody. Like he's <laughs> friends with everybody. Look, he went. He went like he went to. He goes to all the the Democrats' weddings, funerals, everything. The yeah. guy, the guy's friends with everybody. I don't believe him. Well, everything, this circus that's going on, mm. I don't think it's all, a lot of it's real. It's probably just a setup. 
like everybody knows he's gonna win the next election, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and like, seems he's already he's already uh, yeah he's gonna win the next election there. Yeah, they're gonna get him in there, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Really. He, he's gonna be he, just like last time. He he uh, warp speed. He mandated all the. But you look at guys like DeSantis. He he didn't shut down Florida. He didn't shut down the businesses. No mandatory for nothing. The, the, Florida is totally. Uh, I don't know how they can do that in the states. I wish we can. We should change our laws in Canada and mm, you know, yeah. like like Alberta. Uh, the, 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 you know, the problem with Canada, whatever uh, dickhead blackface says. Everybody in Canada has to do it, no? <laughs> well, kind of. Just every province fell into line. But listen, we do have some other callers on the line now, so okay, we should probably move on. But all thank right. you, John. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll put that check in the mail in the weekend. Awesome. You. Thank you. And I will send you that shirt. I really appreciate it, sir. Yep. It's okay. In black, eh? And, in and black, any color eh? you want, as long as it's black. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Okay, here's Joe. He wants to talk about electric cars, I think. Yes, sir. How are you? I'd like to acknowledge you for your channel to give people a voice and to recognize what's going on in the world. Uh, my name is Joe. I run a towing company in Toronto, Ontario. Yeah. And uh, I've been in business for 46 years. And I'd like to talk to you about the Tesla cars. Sure. I've towed in the last month. Over 26 Teslas, brand new. I'm talking brand new cars. And I'll tell you what happened to them so people are aware of what's going on with these electric cars. With this cold weather, we towed five that shut down because batteries in extreme weathers, like very, very hot, or very, very cold, they shut the system down. That's one thing. Another thing, mm -hmm. I've had customers, cars start on their own, and smash into a tree, start on their own or smash into uh, a wall. You understand? Yes. I've had customers, one Tesla started, hit a wall and started climbing up the wall until it burnt out, you know, the battery. Like those cars are dangerous. And about 20 Teslas we've towed that hydroplane, brand new. I'm talking 2023, 24s, uh, Y model, S models. Once they hit water, they hydroplane, especially on the highway. We work on the highway, on the 400 series highways. Yeah. And when there's a puddle, they hydroplane. Think of it as a surfboard. When a, a, a surfboard goes on water, it just slides, right? That's what happens well, to those cars. Because underneath those cars, yeah. it's all just plastic. There's nothing there. It's all flat, like a piece of, of uh, two by, uh, two by uh, four by eight sheet of plywood. Right. Yeah, just flat. It's flat. So when you hit a puddle or water on the highway, your car goes right, your car goes left. We towed 20 brand new ones into the guardrail, like destroyed because they hydroplane. What would cause the hydroplaning? Because of the way the airflow is? Uh, yes, yeah, the way the water goes underneath and lifts it. Think of it as if you have a, a, a surfboard or, or a, a piece of wood and you throw it on uh, into the water, it just slides, right? So when the water hits the bottom of the indicators, there's nothing there to to dissipate the water. It just slides off and lifts up the car. 
and I had some of them that one person was driving and the dash fell out and hit the guy in the head. Like the dash that was mounted, like there's a, a dashboard with a screen, hit him in the head. Honest to God. And I've had other customers, they're driving down the road and uh, the front trunk, you know, the trunk of the car yeah, the pops front. open and smash the whole, the whole uh, windshield. And I've had customers that when the car was towed, it's not a solid body that it flexes all four windows broke. Unbelievable. You believe that? Honest to God. Yes, sir. I've been in the business 46 years. Those cars are dangerous to people. Uh, and I had one customer, he had on automated driving and it went through like on the highway 404 through the light and into the pushes into the tree, the automated driving. They're very, very dangerous people, cars. People don't know, and they have no publicity about it. Anytime we told them to the dealers where they bought them, we don't want them here. Take them here. Take them there because they don't want bad advertising. But those cars are very, very, very dangerous cars. They don't let the public know what's happening with it. I'm talking brand new cars, not like uh, old junk or whatever, like cars of today, like uh, uh, 23, 22. In the last month, we told 26 of them. And what, like I told you, one was unbelievable. It started on its own because they're autonomous driving, whatever, hit a wall. And you know how like that the wall has a curb and started climbing because it's all wheel drive, right? It's climbing, climbing up the wall until the tires burnt down and the engine went out. Climbing up and the wall. And they run out of all the, sorry? He was climbing up the wall? Climbing the wall. It's the guy climbing up the wall, brother. Yes. Because, you know, like you have a curb uh, near a wall, it hit by itself and it kept going and it was stuck on its side, burning out the tires and smoking. Yes, yes. And they're very dangerous to catch on fire. So it's kind of like uh, up on the wall, couldn't go, and it was like turning the wheels. spinning. Trying to turn the wheels. Until the battery died out, yeah. And we told so many that they they die out in, in extreme weather, like when it's very, very hot or very, very cold. Like today we told three and we were told a honda leaf you know the electric car because the batteries yeah nissan leaf a nissan leaf yes yes Mm -hmm. that 2019 that one was but it died because of the system shuts down you know when the batteries get cold yeah but the most important is the hydroplaning and one gentleman i told said oh i I traded in my toyota santa to get a brand new tesla right and for my family's sake, they said, brother, you made a mistake. This month we told 20 of them because he, he was driving on the f- highway and uh, at about 90, 95 kilometers, he hit it like, you know, how the water o- o- pulls out on the highway, like when you got a dip or whatever, you know, like, uh, and then he hydroplane. He says, just went flying he up in the air and hit the guardrail and destroyed the car, brand new car. I said, brother, don't ever buy this car again. I was told it to the dealer, dealer before we even got to the door, get it out of here. Take it to some body shop down the road. We don't want to hear bad publicity. But the public well, doesn't know. T- have- I know with the tires, they have to uh, use, you know, there's a lot more weight there. So they're, you know, they've developed tires that are low profile, but able to withstand the weights of the sidewalls have to be thicker. And I'm wondering if the design of the tires is contributing to the hydroplaning. It's, it has, Oh no, it's the bottom of the, the bottom of it. Yeah. But have you ever seen the bottom of a Tesla? Yeah. It's just basically flat because they're these flat. That's where the batteries that's are. What happened. Yeah. 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 But the what problem is the water gets underneath and lifts the car up like a surfboard. 
So you're ten, the water builds told, up and pushes up on the bottom of the cars. Which yeah, is, yeah. At the bottom of the cars, yeah, at high speed, and then you've got no control. You're just like, think of it like the, when Ralph Nader was, uh, in the old days, you probably remember the Corvair. The Corvairs. And say if at any speed. light in the front. Rollovers. Yeah. Rollovers, these ones too. They're bad cars. Trust me, brother. I've been in the business 46 years. I've never seen anything like it. Never. The stuff I could tell you I've seen, I've never seen. Windows break, uh, hood pop up, uh, the dash fell out and hit the guy in the head, car starting and hitting the wall. And the worst part is I told one guy that rented it, like an Uber guy, you can rent Teslas to do your Ubering. Yeah. He had an accident, the hydroplane. I took him to the reporting center to report it. He couldn't get into the bloody car because you can't open the car once it's in an accident. It won't let you access. He couldn't get his documents, like his driver's license, ownership, insurance to uh, center. You can't get in. And another one I saw about four months ago was an accident, and the guy was in, and he couldn't get out, and caught on fire, and he died because he couldn't get out of the car because they have a security that locks the doors. You believe that? And the other guy couldn't get into the car to uh, get his documents. And me being a professional that I've been at this for 46 years, I couldn't even get in. You know, like you have uh, Slim Jim, uh, Lockout Tools, I do it for a living. Won't so let you in. You, you work in the Toronto area, and this incident with the person dying in the Tesla happened in the Toronto area? Yes, yes. About six months ago, yeah, yeah. And did you hear about them catching on fire? There was one, how many uh, ships caught on fire with them? They catch on fire and they burn the hull because when a Tesla catches on fire, it's not like a normal 650 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like 5,000, 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. In London, England, one caught on fire. It burnt the, the, the asphalt and came down and burnt 1,200 cars in a parking lot, underground parking lot. They're very, very, very dangerous cars. And if you have a storage facility or a garage, they want you have to have a special place to put Teslas and the electric cars because they'll catch on fire if they, if they do, God forbid, or, or or buses or whatever. They're very dangerous cars, man. That is true. I'm telling you, I've never seen anything. I've I know never that seen if anything like an it. accident. They have to put them in the compound now, and the procedure is yeah, to have separate. I told. Let tell you a story about this. Yeah. Because okay, once yeah. Another an accident, story too, a Hyundai Ionic. Yeah, yeah. You remember, you know those cars, the Hyundai Ionic car? I do, I've driven it's them. electric yeah. car. Mm-hmm. I told one maybe six weeks ago, he hit a muffler. You know a muffler? Yeah. Pipe underneath the car. And it put like a little, maybe size of a quarter dent in the bottom. You believe... They wrote the car off sixty-one thousand dollars for a little dent on the bottom of the of the of, of where the battery, like the plastic part. They just put like a. You, I saw the dent. It was like the size of a quarter. They wrote off the vehicle for sixty-one thousand dollars. So people don't yeah, know I, what I, happened. I've seen a couple of several reports of exactly that happening. Yeah, I told one. Uh, about a month, month and a half ago, uh, Hyundai Ionic. But I just want the public to know. You think, well, grass, gas prices are high and this and that, but do you want to jeopardize your life? Because those cars catch on fire. Those cars hydroplane. They start on their own. The hood pops up on their own in the front because the trunk is in the front. I had one Chinese lady. She was going up the, the highway. I don't want to say very highway, but on the 100, 400 series highways, 
the hood popped up and smashed into the car and everything. Look, thank God she got off to the soldier on its own. And God forbid you're in one or you have a child in one and it locks up, you won't get in unless you break the window, you know, the fireman or whatever. But they're very dangerous cars. But I've told 20 myself that hydroplanes. And what about, what about the cold weather? Have you been picking, like, have you been towing any because of the cold weather or? Responding to yes, I told you. Yeah, extreme weather is when it's very, very hot or very, very cold. That's uh, the other day I told that uh, Nissan Leaf because it shuts the system down. And uh, did you hear in Colorado and places like that in the United States, there's hundreds of Teslas, thousands of them that broke down, that shut down because extreme cold doesn't make it the battery retainer or give you the power to go. So what you have to do is I told one guy to his garage, backed it into his garage, he plugged it in and let the heat. This last, but then you're at your own mercy that it shuts down again. We told two or three like that. They just shut down because of the extreme cold. It affects the battery's conductivity, you know, like it doesn't give you the power. They dissipate the power. One I had to tow to Vaughn Mills Mall and tow it into the charging place, you know, like the charging uh, stand, you know, you plug them in so they could plug it in. And a lot of them, I've told, they just die out in the middle of the highway. They die right out. Hmm. And they have to be towed to a charging place, your house. One of those people had one that plugs into the garage, you know what I mean? It has a little one, not the industrial one, like the smaller ones. But yeah, the level they're very, chargers, yes. Yeah, I don't know what level that. All I know is the big ones and the small ones. One's 110 and the other one is different. But the point is, they're very dangerous cars. And did you hear they had recalls on them? They recalled them on their navigation. They recalled them on the doors, locking the latches. Like those cars are junk. Like, but not just junk. They're dangerous to people's health and well-being. You think you're saving money, but meanwhile, a guy, poor guy, and lucky he didn't have his family in it. He bought it for safety purposes. I said, buddy, go back and buy another Toyota Sienna. At least you know you have dependability because Hondas, Toyotas, and Nissans, they have resale value, high resale value, especially nowadays, because I'm in the business buying, selling cars and toy cars and stuff like that. They're worth money. Like if you have a Cavalier or a Ford Escape or whatever, forget about it. You're not going to get nothing for it. But if you have a Honda, a Toyota or a Nissan, they're like gold for resale, even used, you know? Yep, that's right. But I've been in the business 46 years, and I was so astonished there, Rick, to see People investing $80,000, $90,000, and they crap out on the road, or they start on their own, and God forbid they start and run people over or hit a wall or run you over or your family. You know what I mean? They're very dangerous. And the one on the, on the wall was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it, man. It went straight into the wall and the curb, and was, the wheels were spinning until it died out. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Well... And the one, know I one is on hydroplaning, Mr. Rick. Vehicles things. So, yeah, I appreciate you calling in and sharing these. I was born and bred. Stories. Yes. Like, I've always had gas. I had muscle cars from the 70s. I still have muscle cars, like a 70 Chevelle SS. I have, you know, like, I've been in the business all my life, but I've never, to this day, saw a car. And I used to talk over it. I used to tell Vegas, remember the, the Monzas, uh, the Lemons, you know, with the aluminum engines, four-cylinder junk. Yep. I've yep. gone through them all. Chevette, the little ponies. Uh, you know, the first Hyundai Pony, whatever, with points yeah. and carburetor. I know the business very well. I've been in it for 46 years. I, leave, I live and breathe cars. But to see that, people should be aware of what they're buying. 
because when you're buying electric cars, you're buying nothing but headaches. And it's they're, they're so easy to write off. They're so easy that nobody wants to touch them. You know what I mean? Nobody and has we'll the ability. All, we'll and all end up paying through the nose for that because as the insurance industry absorbs those costs, they'll pass those costs uh, on to us in turn in the in the, the form of higher insurance premiums. We're all going to end up paying for this. Yeah, I know, but people should be aware. That's why your forum is a. My wife really likes you. She talked to you a few times. But it's my first time I've talked, but I'm just trying to get out to the world how bad these cars are. You're investing eighty thousand dollars into something that's junk. They don't have a full frame. They twist and bend and crack, and you wouldn't believe. And there's no way of jacking them up. Like you know, a conventional car, you got a frame. How do you jack them up? They got to have, have a special jack. Like it's, it's they're a nightmare type of car. Very nightmare car. And and like I said, I've never seen in the last month brand new ones, hydroplane right into the wall. I mean, written right off and you can't even, a couple of them can't even get into them. Like if you wanted to get some out or, or because they have a security lock, you can't open the door. And I can't even open the door. And I can open Ferraris, I've opened Maseratis, I've opened BMWs, Jaguar, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's my job to open cars. Like if you lock your key. But that one is the worst type of vehicle you can buy is electric but mostly teslas other ones like they have their problems you know what i mean like uh, uh sometimes the prius has this problem or that problem but it's not something that's going to affect your life like smashing into a wall and banging your head or killing yourself or you know stuff like that or the car starting and hitting the wall another one because they have autonomous driving drives itself into a field and hits a tree you know what i mean they're not good design but the worst part is the hydroplane i've never seen it and, and especially in the last Month, month and a half, we told 20, that hydroplane. I mean, brand new cars. And and even with the freeze, the, the chargers break on them and everything. It's crazy. Like when it's cold, cold, they break yeah. down and shut down. And then you're at the side of the whole road freezing your ass off because people design cars. But imagine that lady that the dash hit him in the head. The dash came right out and uh, hit a bump and it came out and hit him in the head. <laughs> so what does that tell you about? Quality of the car, you understand? I've heard a lot of horror stories about the build quality on on Teslas. Yes, terrible, terrible, brother, terrible. And for that kind of money, like you could see, if it's a Prius or something cheap, but they charge large money. And the thing is, the dealer will never tell you these things. They won't divulge to the general public of all these problems. And when the problem occurs, they refer it to somebody else because they don't want to, you know, potential. Uh, people to buy it and uh and they won't buy it and if you have a problem with a tesla you are really you have to take it to the dealer or it voids the warranty they don't want 100 percent. we told lots of them there yeah 100 percent. but they don't care when they're broken down because it's not they figure it's not like bad but when you bring a, a week old car that the guy paid eighty ninety thousand dollars written right off destroyed and they don't want it nowhere near there because of bad publicity, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, thank you, but Joe, for calling in tonight. This is, beware. Yeah, very good call. Very interesting stuff. Really. Yeah, well, it's the honest God truth, brother. I like, I, I've been in the business 46 years, and uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Like, the hydroplane is the word. Other things I've told you, windows break, uh, hoods pop up, uh, all that kind of stuff. But the hydroplane is the biggest issue. I hadn't heard that before, but that's interesting. I, uh, I'm i going to look into that more. Uh, it's a factual. Oh, I believe you. Uh, it's I factual. You. I'm telling you that. 
I can I can okay, understand if it's Thank a completely you. flat bottom, it'll create suction as you're driving. Yeah, uh, that will pull the water up. I can understand that. Um, you know, on a, on a conventional vehicle, the floor pan is all kind of it's not flat shaped and everything. It'll hit. Yeah. It'll hit the differential, or if it's yeah. front-wheel drive, it'll hit the trailing axle, it'll hit your muffler, it'll hit your tie rods, you know, old stuff, your yeah. lower control arm, it, 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 it stops it, you know what I mean? It puts yeah. great friction. But when you have a flat When it's completely bottom, flat, the air would flow right underneath it. It would it would give it lift, right? Yes. And, and because yes, it's like the Corvair. Flat, the air, that's the path of least resistance. So it works like a, a reverse wing, if you think about it. It's an it's an inverted yeah. airfoil. It's actually not inverted. It is like a wing because it's completely flat. Yeah, it's like a wing the and a lift. Goes but over water, the top, right? But more air will flow it, underneath if it's flat. So it gives it lift. Yeah, and water will take up the space and make it a tighter lift. You understand? Because yeah. yeah. once you get the water in the air, it's just like a jack. Uh, uh, like a hydraulic jack or a pneumatic jack air yep. or, or hydraulic, it lifts it and the way you go. That's the, because really you've created the shape of a, of an airplane wing, an airfoil by making the bottom yeah, completely yeah. flat like that. Yes. Yeah. And the guy says just out of the blue, he was going straight, mind his own business. The last guy I told, and then all of a sudden he hit like a puddle of water and it just lifted and went left right into the garage. He had no right, no left steering, nothing. It was like, you know, when you pop a wheelie in a bike or, or if you have a strong would, enough car. You'd think they would have clued into that in, you know, in uh, in air tunnel testing, but I guess not. Brother, if a dash falls out and hits you in the head, or if a, if a front hood of the trunk smashes your windshield, what does it tell you about the quality? Like, I mean, they're junk. But that's just junk part. But the part is, how many people are going to die? with these cars that's the problem how many people yeah. are going to lose their lives and they have oh. bean counters like they well when they had the remember the the old uh pintos that blew up yep. oh it's okay what's the chance it gets sued you know same thing with them they figure out they have a bean counter figuring out what are the chances going to get sued for the hydroplane and whatever yeah but they're very dangerous cars well, I know that the National day. Transportation Safety Board in the U.S. has been paying special attention to electric vehicles because they weigh so much more that when they get into accidents, uh, it, it's, it really increases the, the risk of, of fatalities because you have so much more kinetic energy yeah, there oh yeah. because there's so much more weight, like three, four times the weight oh. of, a, of a conventional gasoline-powered vehicle. Yeah, I know, but they're junk, brother. Yeah. Trust me, they're very, very detrimental to human life, especially their design. They're made no quality at all. It's just quantity, but not quality. So, buyer beware. I'm just telling you the truth because I'm there. Like, if anybody, if you ask me, what kind of car would you do? You told the most. I would tell you, I told Fords, I told uh, Chryslers. But Hondas are good, and then the only time Hondas, Nissan, and Toyotas are not good is when people don't do their timing belts. And then after mm -hmm. it, it, they go 150 or 200, they blow their, their valves because the timing belt snaps, and, and it's a non-clearance head, and then they got to do the engine and scrap the car. But if right. you do regular maintenance, do your timing belt on, on uh, Hondas, Toyotas, and Nissans, it'll last you five, six, seven hundred thousand kilometers. It changes, yes. obviously, but I'm, that's from experience because that's human error. It's not the car's fault that you don't change your timing belt. You know what I mean? That's right. You, you are right on the money, my friend. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Panic too. Yeah. I've seen every kind of car in the world. <laughs>
Yeah. So just buyer beware. I'm just telling the public about Teslas are the worst ones. Other ones, they have little problems that are not detrimental. But if you're driving a brand new $80,000 car and you hit a puddle and it sucks up, and then, like you said, the, it's like a vacuum and it's, it lifts it up, that's mm -hmm. ridiculous, preposterous, man. That's dangerous. Yes. Yeah. You have no control. Well, uh, 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 thank you very much and acknowledge you for your time and effort. I just wanted the general public to know. And if there's any other issues with cars and stuff, I'll be in touch with you because it's the only forum I know because I'm old school. I still have a pager. I don't even know technology. Like, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I'm an old time, simple guy, you know, but I know about cars. I live and breathe cars yeah. all my life since I was 13 and I'm in Appreciate my 60s. So, yeah. Excellent. I know what I I'm talking to call. Thank you, Joe. Great oh, call. Have a good night, sir. You too. Take care. Good work. Bye. All right. Let's talk to Leo. Hello, sir. How are you tonight? It's a boat. It's a plane. No, wait, it's a Tesla. <laughs> that Joe guy needs to get on your SST show. I like that guy. I'll tell you, I'm all fired up. Really, I am. And uh, I sent you a little video on uh, Facebook uh, of what's going on. With these cars in Chicago, which is colder than us right now. And I don't know how Elon Musk is getting away with it. You know, he should be sued, 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 sued. Once those batteries freezes, people, they bubble. The car is garbage. Is that right? They, so if the environmentally friendly, freeze to the scrap. They bubble up or something? They freeze. So here's the... Um, you got to get that, that Joe guy back on. on the screen here. There you go. Okay, let's listen to this video. Well, this is on a... Since Sunday. Now it's two. No juice. It's still on zero. A little difficult for me to get this thing queued up properly here, but I'll do my best for you. Here we go. And this is like three hours this morning being out here after being out here eight hours yesterday. Has it been charging? No, not at all. It just isn't working. At all. It's just frozen, and so I'm now getting it towed to the um, Tesla service center because that's my only option at this point. <laughs> Adding to their frustration, they say, is that they're getting no help when they call Tesla for assistance. These are unusually cold temperatures, but do you find this acceptable? No, not at all. Not really. I, I think it's less on the actual vehicle and more on the infrastructure. Tesla has not responded to our emails for comment, but an automobile expert we talked to said that the owners of all EVs should hit the battery precondition button on their car before attempting to charge it in extremely cold weather. Electric cars may be the way of the future, but it's clear there are some problems when it comes to charging them in Chicago's deep freeze. Oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. Dead robots. <laughs> dead robots. Dead Teslas <laughs> packed the parking lot at this Tesla supercharging station in Oak Brook, a scene mirrored in other supercharging stations around the Chicago area. Man, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Seriously. With temperatures falling into the negative double digits, these charging ports have stopped charging, leaving many Tesla owners stranded here in long lines since Sunday. Nothing, no juice, it's still on zero percent. And this is like three hours this morning being out here. After being out here eight hours yeah. yesterday. Has it been charging? No, not at all. It just isn't working. At all. It's just frozen, and so I'm not getting it. 
to the um, to same story in Alberta. Like we told people at Alio. Oh, we lost the internet. And you know what? Yeah. 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 Same story. Just a different city. And uh, advice to anybody buying a Tesla, make sure you pack some warm clothes. And I mean warm because these conditions will kill you. Last night when I left work, it was minus 24 outside. It was minus 16 on my truck, but the wind chill brought it to minus 24. I haven't felt this cold since Ottawa, since the convoy. And that was mm -hmm. cold, boy. Yeah. Okay, so you will die in these conditions, and you'll die very fast. So, fire beware. I don't know how he's getting away with it. It sounds like a, well, Long says it's a fucking scam. You know, mm -hmm. how does this guy come along without any testing of these vehicles and takes the world by surprise? He calls himself a conservative, but 90% of his clientele are liberal, tree huggers. That's right. That's exactly right. That's true. It's true. Yeah. So, you know, he's a these wolf, car companies, though, I mean, they have winter testing grounds, right? I'm surprised that, you know, Ford GM, that they're not, I, I you'd think that they're test, testing them in, in frigid temperatures, but this is being pushed by government, right? So I don't think they care. It's like, you're going to do it no matter what. Well, I think Ford. Ford's Chrysler's and GM have the bank lawsuit against this guy because, you know, people are getting fucked, mm -hmm. right? And it would be in their best benefit to get this clown out of the show because his, his, his product's not working, right? He can sit there and claim all he wants. He better get on that SpaceX and get to the moon ASAP because I, I could sense his ass being sued. Oh, man. He's already had lawsuits against him because of the quality of his vehicles. We showed people that website where um, there's like a international class action lawsuit of some sort going on against Tesla, but that's another story. Yeah, a lot of people not happy. Well, it still made know. a lot of sense about the, the flat. Yeah, being flat bottom and all that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yes. When you hit, you know, you hit eight inches of water, nine inches of water up over the, the wheel well, guess what? Man, you're you're going for a ride. If it, it turns into a boat, yeah, you got no drag. Yeah, well, you make it completely flat like that, and the air will flow underneath it like an airplane wing. That they they need to be putting ground effects on the front, like a spoiler on the front, at a minimum to keep the airflow from going underneath the car. But but then people will have trouble going over speed bumps and stuff, you know. So, ah, well. You might as well make the bottom a little bit like a boat, the bottom of a boat. So yeah. it's aerodynamic. So when you hit the water, and you might as well put on a a, a rudder so you can turn. What a joke! <laughs> what a piece of shit! <laughs> right? I can't believe I can't believe these things are still on the market. They've recalled yeah, for last. Getting the big started, three, so the real big three. We're in trouble. Well, here's the falling apart. Yeah. Our Canadian government just gave 20, almost 23, 24 billion dollars of our tax money between Stellantis and Volkswagen. 23 billion dollars, folks. We're never going to see a return on that. Just, nope. You know, it's like giving money to Ukraine. Yeah. We're not going to see it back. That's called lost, lost money. 
This is insane. So it is what it is. With that being said, Rick, get that Joe guy, get that Joe guy back on here. I want to talk to him when he's on. Okay, we'll get him on another night for sure. For sure. For sure. Get him on your car show. That'd be great. Yep. All right. right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, brother. Have a good one. Okay, let's move on to Dom Palm. Hello. How are you tonight? Hello. How's it going? Well, I'm not too good. I was, I was, well, I'm not very good because, um, people, some people are mad at me. Why? In the chat because I, I liked Millie's speech today. Um, and I thought it kind of paralleled Donald Trump's speech in his, I think it was his 2020 speech. Um, and it was for free enterprise and, um, you know, he, he Mele touched on things not quite as deeply as Donald Trump did when he spoke. But people also seem to think that they're all in the same club. And my point is this. I said, if we don't have some hope, we're, we're hooped. And there must be hope. And good people have stood up to bad leaders in the past. And that is why we are still here today. Fair enough. And so I, I just want to say... You know, I mean, we can mistrust everyone, and and we have to be discerning and keep our eyes open. But I just wanted to, I just looked at Donald Trump's speech, and it says, one of the things, I mean, he said everything that the World Economic Forum is against, pretty much, most of them in there. And I just want to bring out some of those points. And he said, he said he's for free, for sovereign, free, sovereign nations, not this one world globalism stuff where they want it all under one bunch of leaders that aren't elected. Yep. And he said, I will put America first. We are reforming bureaucracy to make it lean. They didn't like that. Government does not like hearing that. U.S. will no longer turn a blind eye to unfair economic practices and massive intellectual property theft, industrial subsidies like Trudeau just gave to Volkswagen, and pervasive state-led economic planning. In other words, the state is making all the planning decisions. Regulation is, and he says, he, and he was against that. And he said, regulation is stealth taxation. In other words, stealing through taxation. Mm -hmm. Like many countries, unelected bureaucrats, they are imposing crushing and anti-business and anti-worker regulations on our citizens with no votes, no debate, and no real accountability. One more. You are all leaders. With this power comes a duty to the people make, make, who made you who you are. Let us send love and gratitude to those because they are what make our countries run. They make our countries great. God bless you all. Now, he was sending them a very strong message, and I, I like that. Nobody else has done that. And nobody ever ends their speeches with God bless in the political scene anymore. 
Yeah, so there's well, my, yeah. there's my, there you go. There's my down pound. That's my down pound runt for the day. And if we don't have some kind of hope, I mean, we are, we might as well just never vote again. Well, we do have some hope. Because I we, know uh, we do, yeah. Sir Richard, but, yeah. but I can see it. It really is. People just go with what, you know, unless they were really paying attention to everything. I watched everything every day because I was working from home full time mm -hmm. and I didn't have any distractions of young children around, just animals. And they liked watching TV and Trump on television. And I watched every executive order he signed everything he did and the backlash on mainstream media every day and that's when i actually canceled my cable tv because it was getting so ridiculous and people weren't going to the white house website and looking at what he was doing they were just all saying oh he's, he's so bad he's so bad we can't trust anyone now and look at all the history throughout history how many times sir richard that leaders have stood up, good leaders against bad ones, and and you know we we've overcome things. And we, yeah. you know that that's what leaders leaders are doing. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw one guy on a YouTube video this morning, and he had a he was they were talking to Mele and and from Argentina and he's to Argentina, and he. He had his picture put up on the record, on the WEF website, and he didn't agree to that. But they put his picture up because they they just did, just like they did with for that brief time when they put Paul Pulisier up, and and so people responded, and so he went. He wasn't going to go, and he said that. And then all of a sudden, two weeks before, he said, well, I think I'll go. And that's where he gave his speech today. So there's a background behind that. But some people think, oh, well, it's about rebuilding trust. And that's why he's there. And he's probably just another big liar. And that may be the case. But still, I mean, well, in comparison, that Trump speech said it all. No wonder. No wonder the world hated them and they didn't meet during COVID. And when they did, they put out a publication. And I read that on the first meeting as they were inviting sure. people there. And they said we had had a, and they said it very diplomatically. And they yeah. said, well, we've, so, we've been having an unexpected turn of events. I'm just about okay. finished, but an unexpected turn of, of events in our plans due to president Trump. But now that he's no longer in, we can get back to, things the way they used to be all right well we're gonna wrap it up pam because it's uh, that time of the night um and so we're at the end of the end of the line here for today um i really appreciate you calling in any any final real quick wrap up for us well i i just want to say to everyone in the chat you know we have to keep a, a somewhat of an open mind and we have to have some hope. Don't you think we need hope, Richard? We certainly do, Pam. Absolutely. And I think we yeah. do have hope. So we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Well, I think we need, 
We need to touch on that. Oh, and PDS showed something, a very good link in there today. And it was about um, um, in, in Nuvik uh, and devolution. And it's all about, uh, you should go in the chat and maybe look at his link or and, and bring that up. And that would make a good, because it ties in with undrip and it's something that just happened. Okay. Well, I'll go look for that. And... Um... Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thank you, Pam. I appreciate the call very much. All right. You have a great night. Night, Mavericks. Good night. Okay. See ya. There's that. There's that. And I'm clicking on that to bring that to a conclusion, which is good. And then I'll pull this down over there. And thank you, everybody, for spending your time here with us tonight. Again, if... Uh, you are inclined, you can support the show at maverickdonations.com or also at freedomreporters.com. And yeah, I do have these shirts just in hot off the press, hot, hot off the embroidery machine, these Dickies shirts, $60 or more in a donation. And I'll send you one of these things along. And uh, truly appreciate that. And please like, share, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on Rumble. That would really help us a lot if you would consider doing that. And uh, look for us on the other platforms too, like Wimkin we're on now. We're on uh, CloudHub, Gab, BitChute. Um, not running on Facebook right now. We're banned over there and proud of it. <laughs> we'll return there eventually. We're on Instagram too, but you can only run for for one hour at a time on Instagram. That being said, we will be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Really appreciate you guys spending the evening here with me again. An absolute privilege. And I will catch you all tomorrow on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.